0: Coming up on this edition of the Locked On Commanders podcast, the top newsmaker in the Dan Snyder ticket revenue and financial books scheme alleged. Joins us, AJ Perez, frontofficesports.com, with us on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Our Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, it is great to have you with us right here on Locked On Commanders. I'm Chris Russell. David Harrison is out for this particular episode. Uh, and as always, we make uh we thank you for making us your first listen of the day and your first watch on YouTube. Locked On Commanders is, of course, free and available on all platforms. You can follow me at WrestleMania61, the podcast at L O Commanders, David at D Harrison82. Uh, and again, we appreciate you being with us. So, as we mentioned, AJ Perez is with us from frontofficesports.com. Now, AJ Perez can be found on Twitter at by AJ Perez. Perez, of course, with a Z. Of course, make sure you go and check out frontofficesports.com. Terrific information about the business of sports and a lot of coverage of Dan Snyder and the Washington Commanders. Uh, and AJ is kind enough to spend some time with us uh, on this particular edition. First of all, AJ, thank you so much. Uh, for joining us, really appreciate your time.
1: Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on.
0: Um, so, so let's start with this. Um, before we get into your latest, you were at the NFL owners meetings last week. Um, how did you go there with the specific interest in finding out more about what you have been reporting at Front Office Sports? Or did you go there because you know that's a chance to run into NFL bigwigs and it, in general, helps frontofficesports.com and what you do?
1: I booked my flight in a hotel well before I had any inkling of this, you know, mm-hmm. weeks out and got the credential and stuff. Uh, I was just there, you know, to, you know, it's been – this was the first owners' meetings in three years. I want to get my face out there. You know, everything's been virtual during covid um, first annual meeting I should say the owners meetings they, they were in person in New York a few months back as well but uh it was just 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 a chance to run into my sources talk to them in person make new sources um and then there's so much stadiums my, my main goal was there's so much uh, stadium stuff going on not only the commanders but you got was the the bills announced last Monday you got and then the Tennessee there's that there's so there's a lot, a lot of things going on i was but i about, about a week out i I heard rumblings about um, what ended up being Jason Friedman's testimony and, uh, and, um and that's, that was kind of, uh, that piqued my interest. I actually went around Congress, talked to some people then and a couple, a few days before I flew out. And, uh, in, um so I had, I had basically, I had, I had a lot of this, um nailed down a week ago and, but I was still doing more reporting because I knew there was more there.
0: So when you go to, uh, a league event like this, Basically, for for those that are are not kind of familiar, and just before we get to your latest, um, basically media gets to kind of conduct, you know, certain press conferences and what have you. But then there's kind of and I'm envisioning this in my head, like the social element, where you could just run into somebody, an NFL owner, an NFL executive, what have you, uh, at, at at the coffee shop, at the restaurant, at, at maybe the bar, at maybe the pool, and, and and maybe you just strike up a conversation, find out something. Is that essentially how it works for the person that hasn't been involved yeah. in a situation like that?
1: Yeah, yeah, the owners kind of hide out. We Only one reporter saw Tanya Snyder the entire time. Right, and, right, um, right. But, so owners are more visible. Someone, Jerry Jones, you know, you could see, sure, yeah, I only saw Jerry like a couple times. But, 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 but what, what, what I saw, when we talked, uh, we talked about Snyder and his, uh, and his, um, uh, you know, whatever his situation is <laughs> with the team, uh, as far as his day-to-day operations. So, but yeah, there's a lot of sitting around and waiting on people. You try to set as much up as you can ahead of time. And you don't set it up with the team PR people. You set it up with the head of the business operations, whoever, or the, or the LLC or corporation that these owners which I didn't know that for, for a few of them until. So I was like, if you want to talk to a certain owner, you got to go through his business, not through the team, which is always right. like, really confusing. But, uh, but yeah, I was able to get, like, uh, you know, I asked a few owners about Snyder. The whole thing is they don't know what was going on back then. Um, they didn't know about this investigation. They didn't know about Barry Joe White's investigation. They hadn't been briefed yet. So, but I, you know, I was there, I was not Insider was not, not the top of my mind when I, when I, when my editors and I planned this trip, but it became more so once I got there.
0: Your first report on frontofficesports.com last Thursday uh basically alleged, and correct me if I'm wrong on any of this, essentially a two financial book scheme, if you will, that Congress had information on. Presumably, that would be illegal in the NFL's eyes for various reasons. Uh, but do you know if that's legal for privately owned business, privately owned companies like the Washington Commanders? Uh, or is 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 that illegal? Uh, certainly, it would be illegal for like the Green Bay Packers, a publicly owned company. Yeah. Uh, but is it illegal for a privately owned team or company?
1: That's a good question. I haven't asked that, but I think the the NFL handles this business internally. I don't mm-hmm. think you're going to see uh, if this connects to anybody, if the information turned over is is verified and that there was some kind of potential fraud, alleged fraud going on, I don't see Goodell calling the cops on them. I don't see Goodell calling the IRS or DO. They're going to handle this internally because anything – they don't want – the NFL never wants numbers out, ever. And this right. is why – you know, and it's nothing, you know, they've, they fought against this, uh, this committee. They fought, look at, look at St. Louis. Look how hard they, look at that huge settlement they had to take just to not air some of the dirty laundries and not the dirty laundry really, just any of the financials. That's not dirty. I mean, I'm making money's not, and for a capitalistic society. Um, but they don't want people to know the true nature of how how profitable this, this, right. this league can be and, you know, and um, and that's that's a big big part of it. I think that's that's they 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 really protect the information when it's as far as financials, and it's going to be across the board no matter what we're talking about.
0: Sure, no doubt about it. AJ Perez, Red right Office of Sports, uh, with us the latest on his fine work coming up next. Another layer of alleged bad business practices by Dan Snyder and the Washington Commanders. But first. Guys, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs, sports info. Find out all the latest sports developments, including this week's Masters Championship Odds podcast and reviews for all the different leagues this season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about uh, the trends and the action at Online where the game starts. So again, thanks for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen each and every day. And watch. Make sure you're following Locked On NFL, Locked On Experts, covering the biggest stories around the NFL every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, A.J., back with you. Uh And, again, make sure you follow at – uh, at by AJ Perez, Front Office Sports.com. Uh, so you have this huge story that broke up the final four and WrestleMania Weekend on Saturday night. Uh, it, it was, it, it, it kind of caught people by storm and everybody started buzzing. For those that missed it, basically the latest from Front Office Sports and you is that not only is there essentially a, a, a cooking the books type scheme, maybe two different books, but the story alleges that Dan Snyder and Congress has information on withholding the ticket-sharing revenue from other NFL teams. Can you explain the nuts and bolts for those that maybe don't understand how this process works?
1: Yeah, uh, The Athletic reported uh, on Monday about uh, they disputing what Jason Friedman handed, or what what his his information, a former ticket, a ticket person who ended up, that was uh, basically who the person, that alleged the scheme to the, to Congress. And, uh, and, uh, they, I, I, there was pushback when our, when the story came out Thursday, when the statements came, uh, when the, when this, when the statements came in, um, uh, Thursday from the committee and from the team and from the GOP side of the committee disputing, disputing some of this, uh, you know, his information. What, uh, what basically what was going on is they were holding back 40%. Uh, sorry, there's 40% goes to, uh, for every home game, 40% of that, of the, the net ticket sales go to the league, the league goes, to, goes into a pool, the pool, that, that pool money goes to the visiting team. The allegation is that, um, and Friedman basically told Congress that they're, that they held back some of that 40%. Um, and we don't know, and in, under my reporting, we don't know how, how long, um, that went on for or who authorized it.
0: Clearly, that would be against the rules for for many different reasons. And you your story kind of details not only for the NFL but for the NFLPA. What is the next step now that Congress has this information? They have uh, apparently proof, meaning beyond first person testimony. You've mentioned Jason Freeman. What is the next step? Is it simply a matter of subpoenaing? Uh, a Dan Snyder and a Roger Goodell, other owners? is there another step in between that? How does the NFL kind of deal with this next step? and how does Congress, as far as you know, deal with this next step?
1: Oh uh, they aren't coming to me yet. and I actually gave the NFL a heads up. I figured that this that a story like this would come out, and that's uh just because i I think a couple of I have a little I have a few more sources on this one. um I think if whatever was turned over, whatever it was, I don't know what it was, but there was stuff turned over if if whatever was turned over can be traced back, can, can can show that this happened, that's bad. I mean, you could lose, you could get, you know, fined by the NFL, maybe lose draft picks potentially maybe. But if it links back to Snyder, way worse. Now, I don't think, uh, you and I were talking last night, I think to be an NFL owner, it's like being a, being a U.S. Supreme Court justice. You need right. it, you don't get tossed out very often. And right. even now, there has to be an upsell. And, and talking to former league executives, they have to be led by the ownership. There has to be some owners stepping up. It won't be Goodell. Goodell, you know, if Goodell was confident he had 24-plus uh, owners voting in favor for removal, I would see – probably put him up for it. I don't think it's there yet. Um, and uh, uh, and I think uh, it's going to need – a lot more needs to come out. And I have asked whether Mary Jo White's investigation will will, will shift to cover this. I have not heard back yet.
0: Mm. Did it surprise you that the commanders who were so quick to kind of trash Thursday's reporting by both Front Office Sports yourself and and, and the Washington Post about the alleged two books thing? Did it surprise you that they didn't have any comment about the latest uh, allegations and information that you reported?
1: Yeah, basically they on background said the first statement fits this one as well. So that was pretty much okay. indication that, that 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 who that who had the information as well, which they they you know they said that. Uh Yeah, so I, I I was I I gave him two two hours as well. So I don't I give my I give my sources time, especially in complicated subjects, uh, time to uh time to respond. Um, and uh, so that didn't happen. And but I we have i I have chatted people with people close to Snyder. I knew this was coming out. I knew they they weren't happy with my report. And they but they since Congress has the information, it's kind of out there.
0: Uh, I know you gotta run, so I appreciate your time, but I do have one last one for you. I, I mean, they can deny whatever they wanna deny, but you know, the, the the president of the organization, Jason Wright, is on the record several times this year saying, Oh, the reason why they reported such low attendance figures this year, meaning twenty twenty uh the 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 twenty twenty one season, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, is because they were actually reporting the real numbers for the first time in forever or something similar to that, right? So he's basically confirming what we all suspected was that they were reporting fake numbers. So I asked you this, A.J., just in, in closing. If they were doing that and the and the president was willing to admit it, and I know that this has been going on, the fake numbers thing publicly, what have you, if they were doing that. Do we know what the process is for actually reporting real numbers to the NFL? Meaning, if they were saying 75,000, is it? do we just presume that they were reporting, oh, I don't know, 58,000 or whatever to the NFL, and then that's how they calculate the 40%? Do we know anything about that process?
1: I don't, uh, I then, I know they get audited that, you know, the, the team gets audited and, and a separate audit happens for ticketing every year. Um, and they have to turn in every week and they have to turn in the, the, the numbers. This wasn't a wholesale, this scheme wasn't a wholesale thing. For my sources, it only occurred during major, um, home, home games where there major traveling teams. So if the Eagles, the Cowboys, they, they would, they would pick their spots on this. I can't get into details how they did it and who was involved. It was not through Ticketmaster. It wasn't through any, any of this. How they how, how they did it. Uh, it was selective. Um and uh and from there, so it's and it also and another story that, that I have information Congress doesn't have on another part of ticketing that does that and on how they did the numbers. I'm working on. I can't give much more information because I need to talk to my lawyers at my, my, at my workplace since
0: I don't want sure to put you in. Yeah, so,
1: but yeah. So, but yeah. But so there there are other things out there, and there and this could have been um, done a few different ways.
0: So basically, just in wrapping this up, you you, you expect more to come, more details at some point from from what you know already and what you're working on in terms of confirming and and layering extra information.
1: Exactly. I think uh, the floodgates is kind of open and people, even though there are NDAs involved, um, some people don't have them. So (laughs) so that's always helpful.
0: Understand, AJ Perez, front office sports, uh, .com. Uh, Excellent, excellent work, my friend. I appreciate you at by AJ Perez at by AJ Perez for all of his latest. Uh, I really appreciate you making some time for us here on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Um, you've done tremendous work here, obviously.
1: Thanks, Chris. I appreciate it.
0: Yep. Absolutely. That is A.J. Perez joining us right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast. We will return, guys, for a final segment together on this first, uh, second edition, I should say, of the week. But first, we tell you, with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts, or the big boys, if you will, to stock all the parts you need and do it at a fair price to you, the consumer. So what we always tell you here on the Lockdown Commanders podcast is you should go to rockauto.com. Why? Because you don't actually have to leave your house. You can do it from your couch, your kitchen table, wherever you want to do it, guys. I'm not going to get involved in wherever you are, but go to rockauto.com and you can potentially save 10, 20, 30, 40%. It's wide open because why? The big auto parts superstores are going to not only charge you more for parts, then you're going to get charged at rockauto.com, but they're also not going to treat you the same as they would treat a volume buyer, meaning a local mechanic, their auto part, uh, component, uh, partner, uh, down the street. They're not going to charge you. They're not going to give you the discount because you're not buying in volume. So they're going to charge you more. Plus, they have all the overhead, right? So rockauto.com doesn't need to do that. They're going to treat you exactly the same. And that's why we want you to go again to rockauto.com. And when you see all the parts available for your car truck, you write locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Fox? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, guys, we're wrapping up the Locked On Commanders podcast. Once again, thanks to AJ Perez of sports.com. More to come on this story. Clearly, we are tracking it. We are tracing it. Uh, so in our remaining time, what I wanted to do was kind of, Tie up some loose ends and some things that, you know, I'm kind of hearing and and some things that make sense to me. Not any hardcore reporting or anything like that. With the draft coming up uh, and, of course, with free agency still going on, a lot of people, uh, maybe not a lot of people, some reporters, um, my colleague Grant Paulson at 106.7 The Fan was one of them over the weekend. And I just wanted to clarify Ron Rivera has said, hey, look, you know, we're kind of looking in free agency at what happens after the draft. And some people have had an issue with Ron basically saying that because it it, it almost is like a give up type scenario. It's almost like a, hey, we're not involved in Bobby Wagner, who, of course, just signed with the Los Angeles Rams. And that's probably correct. And, and and that's going to rub people the wrong way. Listen, they chose to spend their money on Carson Wentz. Whether that's right or wrong, we can debate that from now until kingdom come. We will find out together. That's the good part about this. We will find out together. And whether you like the trade, don't like the trade, again, whole different ball of wax. And David and I have, uh, you know, argued this out. And I talk about it every day on my radio show on the Team 980 with Pete Medhurst. So uh, I'm not going to do that here. But that's what they chose. That meant very clearly when they did that, and then especially when they chose to delay the Landon Collins cap savings hit. Remember, they could have saved, I think it was like $6 million or whatever it was this year, uh, and they chose to have a post-June 1st designation, which meant they would save more this year, about $11.8 million, but they couldn't use any of that. Money until after June 1st. So as soon as they did those two things, I don't know why anybody thought they would be involved in Bobby Wagner and Odell Beckham and uh, Jarvis Landry and all. Like we can speculate, we can wonder, we can think, we can say, okay. Is it possible that they could get one of these guys? Yeah, it's possible if they were the Los Angeles Rams, if they were the Green Bay Packers, if they were the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, if they were a destination team, a destination organization. They're not. They got pretty fortunate, quite honestly, with Charles Leto last year. But Charles Leto wasn't, at the time that he was released from the Bears, considered a stud. So they went out, they recruited him hard, they needed a left tackle, it made sense, they did it, one year, like $5 million deal, and it worked out perfectly. Charles Leno is reliable, dependable, steady, solid, uh going to play, you know, every game. He hasn't missed a game since 2014 uh, in his NFL career. You get the point. But that doesn't happen every year. But that's what they have convinced themselves that is right for this particular football team in this particular situation. Remember last year they struck out hard, at least initial early returns, on being super aggressive in free agency with Curtis Daniel signing a three-year uh, deal that was worth, you know, roughly an average of four, 13 or 14 million dollars uh, per year. Actually, I think it was a four-year deal, if memory serves me correct. William Jackson III was a three-year 42-ish million dollar deal. Again, roughly about 14 million dollars per year. Both of those did not work out for them through year one. Maybe they'll be better in the future. We don't know, but both did not work out in year one. So armed with that and the lack of resources, they started looking around. And I've been talking about this both on this podcast and again on my local show on the T980. It makes sense to wait for bargains. It makes sense for the commanders to shop at the dollar store, as opposed to Neiman Marcus or Macy's or Bloomingdale's or whatever high-end department store that you want to go to, right? Akio, wherever. It makes sense, not only because they struck out, again, initially and through one year miserably on Samuel and William Jackson third, but also because they don't have the, re- the, the resources that they once had going into this offseason. They chose to spend that on Carson Wentz. So why everybody is in a tizzy about this, I don't understand. I, I, I just don't. I don't get it. Ron Rivera is just admitting the obvious. They don't have the, the money, and they chose to do it a different way they're choosing to kind of wait until the market settles and until guys become available, maybe guys panic, maybe Jarvis Landry doesn't get the 20 million that he was looking at. He says, "You know what? Hey, Carson Wentz, Terry McLaurin, uh, Diami Brown, Curtis Samuel, I can be a part of that." And Jarvis Landry comes in at 1 year, 7 million, just for argument's sake. Maybe they can do that. Maybe they can figure out a way to make that happen. Or If you look at, you know, a veteran corner, right? They were in on Patrick Peterson, who just recently resigned with the Minnesota Vikings. Why wouldn't they think about that? And, again, Ron has basically said after the draft, there's different phases to free agency. No, no. There's the initial phase, again, which they – Basically took themselves out of by going and getting Carson Wentz and then having to cut all those guys and then bringing in Andrew Norwell. Right. Um, Then there's so there's that phase, which, again, they were not good at last year. Then there's the now phase or the secondary phase before the draft. Then there's the after-the-draft phase when you know, okay, who you've infused into your organization, uh, and then other veteran teams are looking around, and they might cut a veteran that is too costly based on who they drafted, right? So those guys become available maybe for your OTA period, maybe right after that. And then there's the post-June 1st phase. Uh, which is, again, when the Landon Collins money kicks in and when a lot of other NFL teams, again, choose to cut veterans, again, so that they can absorb the salary cap hit over two different years. Oh, and then there's the pre-training camp uh phase. Remember Mason Foster got whacked the, f- the day before training camp started a couple years ago, which was a major surprise in terms of timing. And then there's another phase. Oh, yeah, when the rosters get cut down in the NFL, not only when they actually get cut down, which is usually around Labor Day or about a week and a half or so out of the season, but a lot of times what NFL teams will do to be good to a veteran is if they know that player is not going to make their roster, they've already kind of determined that, they'll let them loose four, five, six days, seven days, or what have you ahead of the deadline so that they could get a better chance. Well, that's what Ron and the commanders seem to be waiting for all of these separate phases of free agency. You don't have to blow your stack in phase one of free agency, the opening phase. That's the wrong way to do it. They tried that last year. It did not work. It failed miserably. And anybody that tells you you have to do it that way when premium money is being paid is wrong. It's not correct. It's wrong. Common sense tells you if there's four or five other phases you can get a pretty good bargain by shopping at the dollar store. All right, So I wanted to clear that up before we say goodbye right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast, uh, because that's something that's been kind of bothering me uh, as we go along. We want to thank you for, again, making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen and watch if you're watching us on YouTube of the day. Come on back for the next episode. We're scheduled to be joined by my girl, Izzy Mania. She hosts a podcast. She is a potential wrestling superstar and a diehard Commanders fan, uh, and she attends several games a year. Despite living in Florida, she comes up to FedEx Field in Washington, D.C. with her family. Now, make your second listen and watch the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Ryan Tracy, former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker. They bring the NFL draft to life each and every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. If you have a question or a topic you want to hop in on, it's locked on Washington Commanders at gmail.com or Hop in on the voicemail, 301-615-3577. We'll try and get to as many of those and splice them in as we can, 301-615-3577. Again, David will be out on the next episode. I'll be solo, and then he'll be solo, and I promise you at some point we'll get back together, uh, again, as we did for the first episode of the week. But that's going to do it for us today, Commanders fans. Again, thanks for joining us. Uh, we're free and available on all platforms. Your team, each and every day, right here on the Lock On Podcast Network. For David Harrison, who's covering the Commanders for SI.com's Fan Nation, I'm Chris Russell, one half of the Russell and Van show on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. We'll be back right here on the Locked On Commanders Podcast.